Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Russ Emmett, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, October 20th, 2023. Today we're reading from the big book, we're on page 160, and a vision for you, reading that first paragraph, Outsiders Became Interested, and we're ending with When Next He Stumbled, and reading just that paragraph. All right, today's readers. For this 12 steps, we have Janet F. There's 12 traditions, Danny P. Reading the text is Tenzin P. Page 164 is Anne Marie M. Our backup reader is Barb W. A newcomer reader is Nancy C. And second hour host is Eileen M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, the 19th of October, 2023. Uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,759, 2059. 10 a.m. meeting is 20,760, 2760. The OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering there are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take excuse me, excuse me. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition, our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. And I'll now ask Janet after to read the steps. Good morning, Janet F. from Iowa, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than our would restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you. Next up is Danny P. with the traditions. Good morning. We lost you there, Danny. Good morning. Can on, I Danny. be heard? Hey. Yep, we got you now. We lost you again. Star one, please. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Perfect. 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 Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Sorry, I had some problems here. Uh, good morning, everyone. Danny P. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Brazil. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous 1 are common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group has never endorsed, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into the public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principle before personality. Thank you for letting me do service. Thanks, Danny. Uh, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to, to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. 
This meeting does request that you, the sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one on mute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study in the big book. We're in a vision for you. We are on page 160, that first paragraph. Outsiders became interested, ending with when he when next he stumbled. And we're just reading that paragraph. And I asked Tenzin P to start us off today. Okay, here I am. Good morning, everyone. Um, Tenzin P checking in from New York. Outsiders became interested. One man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of this. Oops, my clock's going off. Uh, one man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of this strangely assorted crowd. This couple has since become so fascinated that they have dedicated their home to the work. Many a distracted wife has visited this house to find loving and understanding companionship among women who knew her problem to hear from the lips of their husbands what had happened to them to be advised how her own wayward mate might be hospitalized and approached when next he stumbled. Okay, starting my timer. Um, so here we're still in, oh, so we're in a vision for you. And here we're, we're hearing about the growth of the fellowship. Um, uh, just in the last paragraphs, we have heard about, you know, uh, Bill meeting Dr. Bob, and then Bill Dodson, and then in the last paragraph, seven more. So this is in the first two years of the fellowship. And um, then talking about the generosity that, that went on. So one man and his wife placing their large home. Um, yeah, so this reminds me really about in the in the forward to the first edition, um, the last sentence of the first paragraph says, we are sure that our way of living has its advantages for all. Now, this man and woman who placed their large home at the disposal of all of us, uh, well, the first alcoholics, but then coming right down to us as compulsive readers. So that man and woman were not alcoholics. But as it says in the forward, you know, um, they could see something really precious in what was going on. And, um, yeah, something fundamentally uh, right about this program. And then the last uh, sentence, many, uh, many a distracted wife. Well, uh, I know I personally had the experience of being involved uh, uh, with someone who was uh, addicted. I had no idea what that was, and it was people in that other program that pointed out to me uh, what exists now is Al-Anon. We have O-Anon, and it was, you know, but in these early days, people were gathering around the partners of uh, addicts and really helping them uh, because that helps all of us. So what I hear in this uh, paragraph is 
the experience, strength, and hope being offered. I hear compassion and determination. And I think with that, I'm going to pass. Looking forward to hearing what everyone has to share. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tenzin. All right. So now we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And although we value experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. Uh, so others get a chance to share their experience too. So if you shared Wednesday or Thursday, please step back uh, and let others share. So who would like to share on this paragraph today? One at a time, please. Lynn S. Lynn. Carolyn S.H. Carolyn. Ramona A. Ramona. Claire E. from UK. Claire. Lynn F. Lynn. Lynn F. Yep, I got you, Lynn. We could take a few more. We got we got space here. Tony B. All right. Could you say that one more time? I'm sorry, I missed it. Tony B. Tony. Tony B. Tony with a T. It's Coney. Coney Donna M. Coney B and Donna M. Okay, that's, we got a good list. We got Lynn S, Carolyn S H, Ramona A, Claire E, Lynn F, Coney B, and Donna M. Lynn S, you are up. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Vision. This is Lynn S. Compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. These two words really spoke to me, loving and understanding. And this time around, as I'm going through the steps and hearing the message so differently, different people, and that idea that I'm getting so often is it's all about love and understanding. Do we practice the spiritual principles of the steps? You bet. But we do it in a loving and understanding way. We guide people with love and understanding. And you know you can do that and it doesn't take away the passion of the program. It doesn't take away the fact that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. It doesn't take away the fact that your whole life is going to be turned upside down and that a new set of concepts and precepts are going to take the place of those old beliefs. But it can be done with love and understanding. And one of the guides that I listened to said, and it really stuck with me, 
I don't need them to know how much I know. I need them to know how much I care. I spent so much time early on in programs straightening everybody out because they needed to be straightened out and I was just the gal to do it, don't you know? I am so grateful to have been shown there is a better way. Am I passionate about program? Absolutely, saving my life every single minute. But it can be done with love and understanding. I am so grateful that's what the people are giving me right now when I so desperately need it. And with that, I'll pass. All right, then, thanks a lot. Next up is Carolyn S.H. followed by Ramona A. Hey, good morning. This is Carolyn S.H., a recovered compulsive eater in Massachusetts. Um, I, uh, I've been thinking, like some of these paragraphs, my, my first instinct is, oh, there's not much to say. Oh, these are the kind of like fluffy paragraphs. And um, I felt like I was being nudged, um, like, no, no, this is not fluffy. Time to share. Um, and I really appreciated the, the first few shares. And um, what's jumping out at me this morning is this image. So outsiders became interested. Like this image of the ripple effect of this work. Um, outsiders became interested um, in in picturing this assorted crowd getting together. So picturing that these principles are affecting uh, a variety of people. It, there's a lot of diversity in, in anyone and everyone can benefit from the principles. And towards the end of the paragraph, um, what had happened to them? What had happened to these um, alcoholics who were seemingly, seemingly hopeless and are now getting together um, and living productive lives and having relationship with their higher power. Um, and just picturing that, like what we talk about every morning when we go paragraph by paragraph through this book is the steps that bring us to an intimate personal relationship with the God of our understanding. And here we're seeing this effect in a community. So it starts with the individual and then it it it, um, it works its way up. Like to me it's just at the energy of of higher power, um, all of our higher powers. And um, and it, the other thing that jumped out at me here was the distracted wife. Like I just really appreciate that that image because um, and again, it's like talking about Al-Anon's, what we now know as Al-Anon's and alcoholics all getting together. Um, and I think later somewhere it says the husbands go upstairs, the wives are downstairs or something. So they start to have their like separate groups, but they're all benefiting from the same principles, from the same um, approach. Uh, and I personally fall on both sides. I could go upstairs or downstairs. Um, and to me, it's it's all the spiritual principle of following the dictates of a higher power. Um, and with that, I guess. 
Thank you. All right there, Carolyn. Thank you. Next up is Ramona A. Sorry about that. Oh, good morning. Mm-hmm. Morning. This is Ramona A. Recovered in Vermont. And, you know, what people have already said is, is a lot of what I would say, but what I felt when the reading was done is hope. You know, so much hope. Hope for the alcoholics, they talk about first, but hope for the the partners. And they say wives here, but it could be wives or husbands or friends or, you know, family. Um, all are included now. And the hope is what people needed. You know, we were desperate when we came into program, when I came into program for my own addiction for compulsive eating, what I needed was hope. That's what I was looking for. Hope that there was some way, some chance that I didn't have to live with this terrible disease active all the time, you know, that I didn't have to feel obsessive, obsessive, obsessed, you know, over food all the time, thinking about it and fighting it and, you know, just despairing of of ever finding an answer. So there was hope for that. And I, too, was a partner, am a partner of someone with an addiction. And I was looking for hope for a long time, for help, you know, from that side, too, not not even realizing that my own addiction was there, my own uh, compulsive eating was hurting other people and probably hurting my partner the same as, as I felt hurt. So... This was such an important step, you know, as it developed for Alcoholics Anonymous and for the the people who knew alcoholics, that there was a place that they could go. And I'm not surprised that the word spread and people came because this was such a needed needed thing, you know, um, that uh, I believe God has given us, you know, this this area where we can go to have hope and then to and then to recover. So with that I pass. Thank you, Ramona. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next up is Clary, followed by Lynn F. Thanks everybody. My name's Claire E. I'm a re- uh, recovering compulsive eater bulimic. Um usually in the UK but actually in Florida today. Um I just what um what came to me at this paragraph is being read. I recently had um the very big privilege of going to a face to face celebration of um my old sponsor's um fiftieth AA birthday. Um and it was a big, big gathering, there's lots and lots of people here and I love this sort of this strangely assorted crowd because that always strikes me when a group of us lot get together, is that we're just you know, that sort of we're people that normally wouldn't mix. Um and yet we have this thing in common and there's that really lovely feeling and sense of belonging um, and this man and his wife have done exactly that and the, they've lived in the same place for 50 years and it was really apparent during all the sharing how they had opened their home to everybody he'd sponsored loads of people and the partners and the wives came along and they had a chat with this with his with his wife in the kitchen while they were doing step work in the conservatory and you know, it was just a really, really good night. And I've been a recipient of that as well myself, that real welcoming fellowship when I when I lived in New Zealand for a year. The fellowship out there was very expansive and very, you know, come over, bring your kids, you know. And 
it was it, it just reminds me that um and, and I really love this phrase as well, a loving and understanding companionship around women who knew their problem. It's not fixing, it's not counselling me, it's not telling me what I should do, it's not, you know, giving me a lecture, it's just the ability to unbutton, unload, be authentic and, and know that someone can hold that and not need to fix me and rush in. Um, and therefore it becomes a very safe place. Um, and, you know, if I could do anything in, in the fellowships, it would be uh, it's very difficult to do that geographically where I live. But to virtually do that, you know, to be able to hold space, to be able to have loving and giving an understanding companionship with people on their journey without needing to rush in and fix them, you know, just to share my own experience, what's worked for me, the hope that I've got from the various things that I've done in the programme. And... Um, you know, what they might might want to try next time sort of thing or things that help me um, without needing to, to rush in. And I, I just on a personal note, I'm, I'm in Florida because I'm attending um, the funeral of my dad, which is, um, you know, pretty, a pretty miserable couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, the loving, understanding companionship I've had from the fellowship in the last couple of weeks. And again, nobody's rushed in to fix me. They've just allowed me to experience what I'm experiencing. And I have found people who have been through a very similar experience to what I'm going through now who are able to share experience, strength and hope. I felt welcome, I felt along, and it, it is my source of ease and comfort now, um, is coming to the fellowship, coming to my program, coming to my higher power. And that is a miracle because it used to be food. You know, it used to be food and it's just not anymore. It hasn't even crossed my mind. So um, yeah, I'm really pleased to be here today. It's lovely to be in a vision meeting in real time. and. Um, I'll pass that. Up. Thank you. Thanks, Claire. Perfect timing. Before before Ling jumps up, let me let you know where we're at. We're on page 160 in a vision for you. That first paragraph, outsiders became interested, ending with when he next stumbled. And um, only that paragraph. All right, then. You're up. Yeah. Th <clears throat> Good morning, Russ. Good morning. Family, this is Lynn F. Recovered in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm delighted to be on the line this morning. And as I read that paragraph, what resonated for me or the question that came to my mind was, where am I uh, opening my door? Where am I uh, showing others um, the life that I have? And uh, how can I carry that message deeper, broader today. For me, I get really lulled into a sense of convenience, especially brand new Zoom era. Um, you know, I'll go here, I'll go there, you know, I'll hit a meeting over here, hit a meeting over there, and I don't find that I am doing that face-to-face -face, um, trudging as I once did. And, you know, how can I create that in the Zoom era? And for me, I need to be with you all. Um, I, I need the, um, the joy of just being in a room with people that get what I'm going through. And I want to be the person holding the door as well uh, so others can see that joy, that finality, that comfort, to build that trust so when the next debacle happens, we've got you. We know who you are and you're with us. Or if the next debacle doesn't happen, we're here with you as you, um, you know, trudge that road. So today I'm going to carry the message, and I'm uh, delighted to share on the line, and that's what I've got. Thank you.
Thanks, Lynn. Next up is Coney B. I think that's right. I apologize if I butchered the name. Hi, my name's Tony B. Um, recovered compulsive overeater in Scotland, and it's uh, great to be with you this morning. And I've enjoyed the shares so far. Thank you so much for the meeting and those doing service. Um, yes, isn't it? I mean, it's wonderful, isn't it, that this that they put their house at the disposal of this strangely assorted crowd, and it, it feels like a, a another a god thing you know the way things fall into place they they probably did need somewhere where you know people could come together and um it was a large home and so it accommodated them and you know thank god for that and um you know that it's it's before you know before formulated meetings it's before um the book's been written it's before the 12 steps as we know them but it, and it's the you know the embryo stage, and it it just feels when I read it, it just feels like thank God you know that there were people there were people on side there were people in favour and happy to help and um, you know as we go on I suppose it's it, church basements happy to help um, you know different places willing to be supportive um, and. Um, Yes, people coming and finding this loving um, and understanding companionship. Uh, people who knew her problems. So it is, you know, it is focused on alcoholism. Um, you know, to hear from the lips of their husbands what had happened to them. It's, there's a focus. It's not sort of uh, anything you want to come with. Um, although, you know, then then may well have been time for that too but it feels like there is already this focus um you know advised how her own wayward mate might be hospitalized and approached so there's there there is this sort of this is how it this is how it's possible this is how it's going to happen um and yeah i had an interesting experience last night on an outreach call where somebody it was a um somebody sharing a general issue with me um, well, something quite difficult that happened to her, actually. And I, I listened, and then I asked if she wanted feedback, and she said she did. And I asked her a couple of questions, and I began to share my experience, strength, and hope. And she cut me off, and she didn't. She said, I just wanted, I don't want to know about recovery. I just wanted a human response. And um, I found that really quite difficult. Um, and sort of found myself getting a bit angry and talking over her and saying, this is an OA outreach line. Um, and so I'm still sitting with this. I've done a 10th step. I've talked to somebody else about it. And, yeah, it makes me... And some of the people who've already spoken this morning have kind of mentioned things that have made me think about that as well. And it makes me think about this focused approach. And, uh, yes, yeah, there's... There's still some something right. that I'm working through there. Thank you. I Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Tony. Next up is Donna M, and then we'll take another list. My name is Donna M from Toronto, Canada, and I'm grateful to be on the line to share today. And what this um, paragraph reminded me of is um, I just returned 
<clears throat> from a Mediterranean cruise um, with my husband. And while there, we had um, friends of Bill's meeting. And in the past, I've gone to those meetings, but there were a handful of um, members there. But this time, when I walked into the room and I went to three meetings, there were like 20 members in the room. And it just felt like a warm, warm hug. And um, why there were those 20 members, I found out afterwards, was that there was a large group of um, AA friends who had gotten together and um, and traveled together. And um, so I know this is talking about Al- Al-Anon, but I think it's relevant in my own life as well. Um, now my husband certainly knows the importance of OA in my life. In fact, he was the one who drove me back to a meeting um, almost 13 years ago when I was, was in relapse. But it's through the step work that I've done in this program and most recently in the last year um, that allowed me to even go want to go on that cruise with, with him. You know, we were planning to go with friends and it didn't and that didn't seem to be working out. But we had such a wonderful time together. And being in a room with other addicts and hearing them share their struggles and seeing them later with their family members having a great time and we were smiling at each other. It just seemed like such a camaraderie. And I'm so, so grateful for that opportunity. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Donna. All right. We're going to open up the line for sharing again. And, and you know you know what's up if you share the past couple of days. Please uh, step back and let others get a, their shot at sharing. Um, so have at it. Let's go. Whoever would like to share on page 160, that first paragraph. It's Bonnie B. from, um, from Florida. Bonnie. This is Anne Marie M. Anne Marie. This is Larry K. Larry. Plenty of time, a lot of space. Barb W. Illinois. Barb. Got you, Barb. Don't be shy. Gail H. from Seattle, Washington. There you go, Gail. Who else? Jane B. We'll go with all right, Jane. Let's see. Now I'm now I'm counting time. Maybe there's not as much time. I'm kidding. All right, we got Bonnie B, Amory M, Larry K, Barb W, Gail H, and Jane Jane B. All right, Bonnie, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Bonnie B, um, formerly of Minnesota, which I said of Minnesota this morning, um, but permanently in Florida now. Gratefully recovered by the grace of God for today. 
oh my goodness, how much I love this program and how much I love each of you and um, the gift of, of um, these meetings and the gift of getting together. This is what this paragraph talks about for me. You know, I was restless last night and so I put myself out to be of service at an hour that I'm not typically up and um, got a call from a dear fellow who I just adore and love and um, it was completely turned around. We get each other. I have a group of people that for the first time in my life get me. I have an amazing husband of 37 years, six wonderful children, their spouses. Um, they don't get me. They will never get me. It's dishonest of me to expect them to get me. They don't have my DNA. But I have a herd. I've got a group of people. I've got group me apps. I've got, I've got meetings. I've got, I've got people that get me that in a flash I can pick up this phone. I can put myself out there and instantly I'm connected with someone that I don't have to explain what's going on inside of my head. They get me. And, and the hard stuff turns into laughter. And then we cry with each other and then we laugh because you know what? It's not a bad thing. It's my DNA. I used to think it was a curse. It's not a curse. I just have a different DNA. I also have a solution. And I'm able to, for the first time in my life, live in the solution, stay out of the closet with the baseball bat, and run back to my God who has given me a solution. Oh, my goodness. And what would I do if I didn't have a fellowship of people around me to do that with? I mean, ultimately, it is always me and God, but he has provided for me a stream and a source of people who understand me. And I'm so grateful. And this is, this is what this paragraph is all about. It's what everyone has said. There's hope and there's encouragement and there's strength and there's laughter and there's crying and there's, and there's the solution. And we run back to the solution. No matter where we're at in the program, we run back to the solution because we know that the people in this program love us unconditionally. No strings attached. Greatest gift ever. No strings attached. And so, I don't know. I mean, my heart just wells up um, every single morning when I get on this phone line and listen to you guys. And I just want to say thank you for each and every one of you. And I'm so grateful for this program and for my God who brought me to this program. And with that, I'll pass. All right, Bonnie. Thank you. And next up is Anne-Marie M. followed by Larry Kay. Thank you, Russ. Thanks for leading the meeting. This is Anne-Marie M. Um, from Rhode Island, I'm visiting my family here. I live in South Carolina otherwise. Um, I am gratefully um, recovered from compulsive overeating through God's grace and also by working the steps in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So the line that really uh, stood out to me, and I've read this several times, but it really touched me this time, was, um, uh, I'll just read part of it because it's a long sentence. Um, for, the, for the wife, you know, to hear from the lips of their husbands what they had, what had happened to them, you know, People like it was just just said. Um, people didn't understand me. Couldn't understand me. And you know, my husband, I uh, believe, he thought that you know, going to these meetings and trying to lose weight, and he saw me, you know, going to pay in ways and, and all these things. You know, being in uh, Overeaters Anonymous, I, I think he just thought it was just uh, vain. You know, just a, a, an attempt to lose weight. 
and you know that I I overate once in a while and when he saw um I, we had gone shopping and we put a, a couple of uh gallons of ice half gallons of ice cream in the freezer and um he came home and I was going to uh, so I I ate them I ate the, I ate both of them and then when he got home um, cause I figured he wouldn't, he always has a little bit at, a little bit at night, just a little dish every night. And, um, he went in the freezer to get something and he said, where's the ice cream? And my, I could just feel the blood drain from my face. And I said, I ate it. And he looked at me and he said, you ate it, all of it? And I said, yeah, and I ate your cookies too. And his eyes were nearly popping out of my head and he said, he's, he's a um, recovered alcoholic, and he said, you have the same thing that I have with alcohol. And I said, yes. And he understood. And I was horrified that that had happened. I was embarrassed. Yet, he really understands now. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that he has an, an addiction and he's recovered from that, so he's better to understand so I think better than some people that don't have any kind of an addiction and I and I feel like some people that don't have this addiction just look at people that are overweight and suffering with this disease as lazy I mean I that's what I thought of myself as a lazy glut and no good no good pig you know that's what those are the thoughts that I thought about myself when I was in the midst of my disease and no longer, you know, because of understanding, coming to this meeting, coming to the OA and realizing that I wasn't the only one. Sorry. So for these, thank you. I'm, so I, my point was I'm grateful there's open OA meetings and there's closed OA meetings. Pass. Thanks. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Next up is Larry Kay, followed by Barb W. Morning, Russ. Uh, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive uh, reader from Chicago. You know, when I read this paragraph, I I want to I want to talk about uh, my friend um, because you know there are people on this line and there are people that I've met in program that I have great admiration for and what I have great admiration for is how they consistently carry the message. They don't water down the message. They consistently carry the message, and while they're not watering down the message. Somehow, for me at least, it comes through with compassion and love and understanding, and they speak from a place of depth and weight. And so I got a friend that, you know, he's going to be uh, you know, emotional to think about it. He's good. And, and you know what I love about this guy? He's not perfect. Because if someone were perfect, I could not so utterly imperfect as a human being. And so I like the fact that he's kind of like me. He's imperfect, and yet he trudges forth with resilience and kindness and love and compassion. And, yes, does he help himself? Of course he does. That's the way this is. That's why we pass it on. And he's going out to San Diego. Now, there's worse places to go. He could be going out to Cleveland. No offense to you folks. Chicago Steel could be just as bad. But he's going out to San Diego, and they're going to get a message of depth and weight and love and compassion. And some of them are going to pick up uh, uh, the message and rather than just be entertained, because he could be pretty entertaining, you know, they're going to pick up that message and they're going to run with it. And they're going to run with it together. 
And they're not going to see him as a higher power because none of us are. They're going to see him as just a messenger who had, by God's handiwork and God's grace and mercy, was able to live because, because by all measures, he should be dead today. He should be dead today. This disease should have taken him out long ago, and it has not. And they may put a jersey on, and they may pick this up, and they may take action after action after action. And some may not. Some may just get entertained and, and, and feel touched a little bit and pumped up with sunshine, and maybe they won't pick up the, the spiritual program of action, and some will, and we never know who will. But he keeps delivering the message, and it doesn't change, and it's right out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And somehow he, he does it in a way, and I learned from him. I mention it because I learned from him. It's, it's how I want to be as a human being. I, I'll never be like that, but I, I strive towards being that person that could deliver a message that can move people to action as he was moved to action. And I'm grateful for people like that. There's so many of you on the line that are my teachers. With that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. All right, next up is Barb W., followed by Gail H. Good morning. Thank you, Russ, for your service. Barb W., West of Chicago, recovered today by God's grace. Grateful. That last line, hospitalized and approached. And I think up until this time, those with the uh, those afflicted by alcoholism were just hospitalized, put away, just basically to go insane and die, and to see hospitalized and approached. I had gotten to a place in my life where um, my internal motto was "Who cares?" and "Why bother?" I'd, I'd given up. Um, but to be approached, and not in the sense of proselytized, but approached with truth and the nakedity, can I use that word, of, of, of the message of recovery and the steps and moving up backwards up through the paragraph, hearing from the lips, not, not secondhand, not stories of somebody else, of somebody else, a friend of a friend, but from the lips of you folks, new people on the line that knew, that know, that knew and know my problem and know recovery. And who knew, says, said with different inflection, and being met with loving understanding and companionship, those things I've longed for, thought I'd never have, loving understanding companionship in a strangely assorted crowd. And I've not met any of you in person. And I feel part of this community. And I'm a strangely assorted person. And I wonder, too, what I, in this case, the couple had uh, placed their large home at the disposal and then becoming more interested and intrigued, dedicating their home to the work. What is my home, in quotes, that I'm dedicating as a recovered person that's gone through the steps and been given the time and love, the loving and understanding and companionship of my sponsor? How can I pass that along? And I've heard it said, you know, passing on the program, using words when necessary. What What's my home? It's my person, my time, my heart, my understanding, my listening, and sharing my, my experience, strength, and hope of having gone through the program, going through and living in this one day at a time. 
So that's all I have today. Thank you, everyone. What a great meeting. Have a good day. Thanks, Barb. Appreciate it. Next up is Gail, Gail H., followed by Jane B., and I think... Good morning. Guys, sorry, I was talking. Guys. Good morning. This is Gail from Washington State. Thank you all for the sharing and the secretary. And there was a saying early in my journey that those of us that suffer uh, are a walking big book. And I'm someone in my learning experience, I'm an experiential learner, and I read it, but living it and seeing it and listening to all of you, I um, thought about how much I appreciate feeling understood, but how much I suffer when I'm not understood. And um, I had that experience um, lately, and it reminds me that as a recovering compulsive overeater bulimic, I recall the impact on my husband. In the middle of the night, he would be up going through the garbage, wondering where the food had gone to. And that ability not only to feel the love and acceptance in this program that gives enough spirit so that I then can begin to look at the impact on others um, and how that is for them. And I love that part of the St. Francis prayer where it is better to understand than be understood. Uh, In my human condition, I want to be understood. And it's very hard. Uh, to begin to see someone else suffer and had suffered as a result of my disease. Over the many decades that uh, I've been given the grace of recovery, you know, eventually my husband also came into our way. And, you know, that journey just goes on. And I think, yes, we impact each other in this program, but we also impact in recovery just as the disease hurts The recovery helps, and it impacts our family members, our friends. I mean, I'm odd, and of course it's not me. It's the program working through me. And I, too, am a very clumsy recoverer, and I make all kinds of mistakes. And in the past maybe five years, I've been in this program 54. In the past five years, focused on being a human being. For goodness sake, I... I didn't realize I, I needed to focus on being human, not perfect. Perfect gets in the way of progress. Anyway, thank you all. Have a good Friday. Bless you. Thanks, Gail. Appreciate it. Next up is Jane B., and it looks like she is going to be our last um, share. Star one, Jane. Oh, hi. Um, thank you for there you me. go. Um, I feel that I'm home. I've been in um, in OA for about 13 months, and I love the first sentence of this paragraph, outsiders became interested. Um, my husband, through my yo-yo dieting in the past, 
my husband, he's, he's always ready for a change when I'm going from one diet to the next. But I've been in this uh, program for about 13 months, and I've been, I've been consistent. And he just he's very supportive in what I, what I do, but I know that he's also um, been watching because he even reminds me sometimes, like, don't you have this meeting to go to or it's time for this meeting? And um, I get phone calls at night, and um, I make phone calls at night, and he reminds me. So um, it, it just it's I just smile when I when I see how. And he knows not just the physical change in me because I've lost weight, but I think I know my attitude has changed. And, you know, we get along really well. Been married 48 years. But you are my people. You get me. And I love the uh, the first sentence again, outsiders become interested. My I have three daughters that are seeing a change in me. And I've actually... I understand the attraction um, to OA. It's not promotion. And I have shared OA with um, one of my daughters that uh, could use it. I think everybody could use this. And um, she's asked a few questions, but I've given her some literature, and I just leave it at that and um, give it to God. And this whole family of OA, I feel the Spirit of God upon this, program and upon the OA meetings, phone calls, because um, I have reached that spiritual awakening this past year, and I've had several before this, because I've, I've had a life um, relationship with God, but this has truly been a, um, uh, this is the solution, and I will, I'm committed in dedicating my life to helping others and to continue to help myself to to stay abstinent. So I thank you so much for this family. God bless. Okay. Well, Jane B, you are our last share for today. And we thank everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. So the share ID for today, it's Friday, obviously the 20th of October, 2023, 7 a.m. meeting, yep, 20,762, 20762. All right, well now, uh, close the meeting with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I ask Amarie M. to read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Amarie M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do for the man who still suffers, who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot <clears throat> transmit something you, ha- you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and the countless others. And countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit 
your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>